Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the conversation series. I am so excited today to have Daniela Bruce here with us. She is a digital reporter and producer for the Detroit Red Wings and Detroit Tigers. And I'm excited to dig into everything with her today, but I'm going to turn it over to her and let her introduce herself. Well, thank you so much, Danielle. And yes, I am a digital reporter for the Red Wings and Tigers here in Detroit. So I do a lot of um, on-camera work as well as behind the scenes stuff, a big editor. Um, and I, I kind of do my own features and all of that. So very skilled in that aspect. I love to do behind the scenes stuff. It's one of the, the fun facts about me is that everyone does see my face, but all of the stuff that I put in behind the scenes is like one of my favorite things in the world. You said some of your guests give you a little fun fact about themselves. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you this one. I absolutely love Justin Bieber. I think I'm like the biggest okay. believer there is. Um, started when I was like 13 years old and I found him on YouTube and I've been following him ever since never missed a show. So Justin, if you happen to listen, you know, love you. There, there's my fun fact. I love it. I love it. Um, and it's so funny because a lot of us, like we grew up with him. It's so funny. Right. That's a, he's like, the same age. <laughs> like no matter how old you are, you somehow or the other grew up with Justin Bieber. So it is, it's so funny to hear everybody else say that. Um, I love just to kick it off. Cause I think what you called out is not a lot of people know that you edit your own content and you do a lot of that yourself. Did you teach yourself how to do that? Did you kind of, how did you learn to do that yourself? So I went to Michigan State and I was a part of their broadcast journalism program, Go Green. Um, <laughs> and their uh, program is fabulous. So I, my first editing experience came there in class. Like part of learning at Michigan State was learning how to edit. And I had one professor, Bob Gould, who stressed it all the time. And I give him a shout out because he stressed it to me so much to like, ingrain how to edit in your head. You're going to have to be a one man band one day kind of thing. So I learned how to shoot. I can use a camera. I can edit. And of course I learned how to be on camera too. So I, it started there. And then most internships I had one was at home TV, which is a small station yeah. in East Lansing. Um, I did everything myself there. So I continued the editing experience there. I learned on avid, which is, um, an older, not as common yeah. source for editing um, yeah. or program for editing, I should say, anymore. And then I moved over to Premiere, which is what right. I use with the Red Wings and the Tigers, which is part of the Adobe suite. So just learning how to use all of those different things has been so beneficial to me. And I love editing my own work. Like some people are like, doesn't that add extra work for you? I mean, yes, it does. But it also, when I'm on camera and I'm doing things that I know are the things that aren't live, obviously yes. we're not editing the live stuff, but the, um, things I do that aren't live, I'm thinking about editing in my head too, which I don't know if that's yep. a great thing yep. or not, but you give yourself edit points. You're like, eh, I don't know if I really like that answer. So yeah. I'm just gonna, you know, do something to work around it. Yeah. And it helps you in the end. Yeah. Yeah. No, everybody, uh, I, I am, uh, full-time senior social media specialist for, uh, for, a like my full-time job. So this is, this is what I do outside of full-time hours. So everybody's like, why don't you hand like editing off to people? And I'm like, no, I was like, there's something about doing it yourself that makes you like, it's, it's for some, it's like a source of pride, but it's also like, I did this. I know that this is my work. And so if somebody right. says like, it's nobody else's fault, but my own kind of situations where I'm like, and you have a vision, right? Yeah. Like when you're doing something, you have the vision for it. And I have been handed yeah. editing projects. I still am handed editing projects sometimes that I wasn't involved with. So yeah. I wasn't there for the production of it. It's just kind of like, here's the footage, yeah. go ahead and edit. That's really tough sometimes. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. to not know exactly how much content you're working with, what exactly happened when. So ha having to go through everything in that aspect, it's actually harder to hand the work yeah. off to someone else than yeah. for you to kind of take it and go. With and it. it's, it's almost like you're having to jump into that person's shoes to mm -hmm. be able to be like, okay, this is kind of, this is what they're like. I have to kind of like imitate that in a way. And mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it's so difficult to do. Yeah. Very hard. So yeah, I like editing my own stuff yeah. and it's become, it, editing is fun to me. It's become yeah. something I really enjoy. So it doesn't really feel like it's adding work. I love it. I love it. I want to go back um, and kind of hear your beginning story of how it, like, how did you get into sports? How did you get into reporting? And then how did you come to combine the two? Okay. Well, I've always loved sports. I grew up with all boys. I have one brother and two cousins that are like my brothers and they're all boys. So I grew up with them. And if I didn't learn to like sports, then I was going to be left out of so many different things. You know what I mean? And um, so I, I grew this passion and love for all sports. I started playing fantasy football when I was 12 years old and being in Detroit, you know, you have family here. We're, we're a huge sports town. We love yeah. everything. The Red Wings, the Lions, the Pistons and the Tigers, like everybody is super involved. So that was something I always loved. And then when I went to Michigan state, I got even more involved in sports, but I decided I wanted to do something in sports. When I was really little, I decided it was going to be a reporter when I was probably 13, maybe 14. Okay. I, like, I want to do this. I want to cover sports. I watched Shannon Hogan a lot, who was okay. um, the local reporter for what was then Fox Sports Detroit, now Valley Sports, but yep. she was excellent, covered all of our local teams. And I remember watching her. She's in New York now covering the New York Islanders. Yep. And I just remember watching her like, I want to do that. I want to do what I love. I want to be around the sports. I, you know what I mean? And so I never changed that. I, I feel like I'm kind of a rare breed that never yeah. strayed away from that, but it's always been what I wanted to do. And it led me to Michigan State. I decided to be a part of their journalism program. And then I interned at ESPN my senior year. And from there, I started working at a high school sports show, which was local at the time, again, on Fox Sports Detroit. And then the position with the Red Wings opened up and it kind of all just worked out. It was like the stars aligned, which is... Yeah something I really needed at the time. It's hard sometimes to be searching for a job and searching and searching and yeah. waiting for something to break in this industry. But yeah, I've always wanted to be in sports. There was never a doubt in my mind that I was going to do it. And that's what led me here. Love it. Absolutely love it. I, I'm, I came from a family of very competitive people. Yeah. And when, when Michigan state sports is on, it's, it's like a whole nother level. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, but it was, it's, it's very cool to hear, um, like, everybody's different stories about how they grew up in sports. And uh, I resonate with yours a lot because we, we get so competitive for, for absolutely no reason. And we just, um, especially around hockey, it is just our competitive nature comes out really hard. <laughs> I love it though. I, I love it. That's, that's what's fun about it though. If you're not competitive, you're not going to like sports, right? That's, yeah. that's what makes it fun. Yeah. My, my sister's always made a joke with me. She's like, you know how people say never on a first date, go to like a restaurant where you eat really messy, like eat wings or something. She's like, yours is hockey. You should never take your first date to a hockey game because she's like, you will scare the absolute crap out of that guy. And I was like, understood. <laughs> so are you, a, are you a big Red Wings fan then? Is that your hockey team? I am a Carolina Hurricanes. My, okay, I grew one. up in a Red Wings household though. So, um, 
we we pick back and forth whenever the Red Wings are in town. We're season ticket holders for the Hurricanes. Whenever the Red Wings are in town, my dad will conveniently not wear anything Carolina Hurricanes that <laughs> night. And so I'm like, who are you cheering for? And he's like, the red team. And I'm like, mm, that's convenient I mean, yeah. that they're red. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's great. I love it. Yeah. yeah that, I mean, Carolina has been super exciting to watch too, though. That's an exciting team right now. So you're, you're in for it for this playoff series. It's going to be great. <laughs> and we, it was an anxious night last night watching yeah. against the Rangers. <laughs> and I was like, amped up. I was yeah. like, well, now I'm not gonna be able to go to bed tonight. <laughs> That's good though. That's a good yeah. reason. Yes. We're waiting for that here. So yeah. I uh, hey, you guys, I all I keep hearing is Stevie Y, Stevie Y, and I'm I'm excited to see what he does. It's all good things, that's for sure. We're in the yeah. right direction. Yes, absolutely. Has there been someone um from your time at Michigan State all the way to today that has been a mentor to you that you call, that you can text, email, whatever it may be, to kind of just ask questions or that has helped you along the way? I have actually a, a few people that I, I rely on for different things. Um, and this one probably started the earliest, which is Larry Lage. And he's actually a writer for AP. The first uh, sports journalism class I ever took at Michigan State, I was a sophomore and I was sitting in the classroom and he was a guest speaker. He had, was a Spartan. So he was just yeah. speaking to us that day. And he told me or told our class, um, if you don't put in the order, you're never going to get served. And I was kind of like, hmm, interesting. So I went up to him after that class was over and I walked up to him and I said, I'm going to put in my order of like wanting to job shadow you. Can we set that up? I really want to get into this. And he was kind of like taken back that I used it so literally, but I did end up job shadowing him and believe it or not, it was my first ever job shadow in the industry and it was a Red Wings game. So I went down to Joe Lewis arena and got to shadow him for the day and kind of learn the ropes of what a reporter does in that aspect and I always I always tell him it came full circle now that I see him at Red Wings games all the time he covers the team so he's yeah. somebody that I can always bounce ideas off of and I already mentioned Shannon Hogan who I absolutely love she yeah. has been a mentor for me a little bit later in the process I didn't know her in college but when we connected after that I can text her and say hey I, I have a question for you can I call yeah. her? And yeah. I can call her at any moment and she'll answer it for me give me her advice and she's been absolutely excellent. And then on the producer side too, um, Chris Wozlewski, who you may not see his face, but he's a producer yeah. for Valley Sports Detroit and he does the Red Wings games. He's always helping me, giving me advice, letting me know what I need to work on to get better, to get to the next steps of my career. So they've all been really helpful and it's so cool to see, they're all three different, right? So I've got a writer, I've got an on-air yeah. talent and then a producer kind of giving me their advice when I need it. and. Yeah having the different views has really, really helped me. And I feel like it's made me better in turn. Absolutely. And I, I love that saying, I think like, I have to like yeah. write that down somewhere and put on a sticky note because I've never, ever thought of that. But I love that you absolutely just went up to him and said, here's my order. I want to put it in. I'm his example now. He uses me as an example when he speaks to other classes. So I'm like, hey, I, as long as it's a good example and it's not yeah. like I was the bad example. So it's hey, you'd rather be the good one. Right. I, I love that. That's so fantastic. I've been throughout my, my company, we have all of these different leadership sessions where we have mm -hmm. guest speakers come in and things like that. I love the opportunity to ask that question about mentorship, because I think it's taking grant, it's 
so take it granted for because you need those people in your life to be able to say, Hey, I need your expertise. I need to ask you some questions because that's how you learn. That's how you continue to get better and grow. Um, so I love getting to hear everybody's mentorship. Um, and it's so powerful. Like you do, you have those three different that you can say, these three people have made me better in these three areas or have helped me in these three different ways. And there's always people to the connections and mentorship is number one, right? But the connections you can make where you may not consider them exactly a mentor, but people that you can always bounce your work off of. Like, Hey, I updated my demo reel. Can you give me some feedback on this? And to get that from so many different directions and everybody's feedback is always different, which sometimes can be confusing. I'm not going to lie, but it's also super helpful in just, okay, this person noticed this, this person noticed this. Now, what do I think I need to fix? And what do I agree with in that aspect? So as you go through your career, having those people is the number one most important thing to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I want to dive into game days with you because I think this is like game days are one of the most exciting things um, to, to just environments to be in. What is kind of, I know you, you, we have the Red Wings and the Tigers, two very different perspectives, but for you, what does game day look like? So I'll give you the Red Wings game day, which is a little bit more heavy for me than what a Tigers game day looks like. Um, Red Wings games, I'm super busy. I'm there at like 9.30 in the morning, morning skates normally at 10.30. So I go and I watch and then we have our media availability with coaches and players directly following morning skate. And then after that, it's usually about, 12, 1230 at that point. And lunchtime, we have a meeting, but I, at that point, am preparing for my four o'clock show, which is on home game days for the Red Wings. So we do a live stream, um, just a little preview. It's like 15 minutes long of what we're going to see that night. We usually recap what happened last time the Red Wings played, and that's done with our radio play-by-play, Ken Cal. So we do that together. And the prep that I put into that, again, I love being behind the scenes. So I probably put in a little bit more work. I'm, I work with our graphics guys in the control room, our replay operators. And I should say graphics girls too, because we do have some girls that, that work back there, but I work with a team. I script the show and they can see the script. And then I go down to the control room and I'm like, okay, any questions? You guys understand everything that we want. And we work together to build the elements that are then going to run in the four o'clock show. So that's usually from about one thirty to three thirty, And then I head up and get ready to go on once the show is over, I eat dinner, which is like the best time of the day. I get like an hour and a half to eat and then it's game time. So during a game, I am doing a pregame and intermission so show. So we get the um, pregame done and then I watch. Like, obviously I just go sit and we have a spot to sit and watch the game, which is very enjoyable. The, the fans <laughs> have been excellent at Little Caesars Arena this year. So it's been a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. And um, I, I do an intermission show. Once I'm done with the second intermission, I am relieved of my duties for the night. I usually hang out, watch the rest of the game and go to our post-game availability. So it turns into a 12 to 13 hour day on game days, but that sounds brutal, but it's not as bad as it, it would think. Yeah. We're so busy. It's so much fun. There's a lot going on. So love game days. They're just long days. And I, I have heard you are known for your prep. And now I can see why, because I think what's so incredibly cool about what you guys do is a lot of people, they just see you on TV. You know what I mean? Like we just see you on TV and in the arenas, but we don't see the work that you got, or we know about the work that you guys put in to produce the shows and be able to be ready to go. 
I think everybody just thinks, oh, someone puts that together. She doesn't actually do that. And you like, you do a lot of prep for all of these games. Yeah, a lot. And it's, it's going in, I think, since I've been working for the Red Wings for so long, I follow them so closely. My knowledge of the Red Wings is great and their yeah. division and even like the Eastern Conference, I feel like I'm, I'm very on top of those teams. But sometimes when you get the West Coast teams that comes in, that come in, you don't get to watch them all the time. So prepping for the other team and understanding what's going on. And I might spend, like, I normally I look at the week ahead, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm working a week ahead. I'll, I'll say, okay, so we got a West Coast swing next week. That means LA, uh, San Jose, and you know I, I need to be paying attention to those teams, Vegas, and see what's going on there. So I'll watch their highlights from the past few games. If they're playing before they come see us, I'll watch those games. Just making sure you're on top of the entire league is what's super important. And yep. as you go year by year, you get more of a hang of it. So it's like the first year I was doing this, it was almost overwhelming. And now that I'm I've been doing it for five seasons. It's like you get a handle on everything. You sort of know what's going on with every team, you you yeah. know, and then you're able to kind of put the pieces together. Yeah. And it just having that preparation has been the most important thing to me. When you feel prepared, you yeah. feel more confident on camera, right? Like who, yes. you don't want to go on there knowing, not knowing what you're talking yeah. about or not confident in the things that you're saying. So I think the prep has been the number one most important thing. And then of course I've, I've already said it, but I love the behind the scenes stuff. I feel like I'm better on camera when I know exactly what's coming, yeah. when it's coming yeah. and what exactly is going to be in it. And I think every on-camera personality can speak to that too. It's much easier when you know what's coming. <laughs> totally agree. And you kind of hinted at it and you said you love your dinner time, but is there like, is there a time during game day where you're like, this is my favorite, this is my favorite chunk. Is it like the intro and everybody's getting excited or is it like, what, what's, what is it for you? I really love our intermission shows, to be honest with okay. you, because we always have a Red Wings alumni with us, like Darren McCarty, Jason Woolley, John O'Gronick, like there's Drew Miller does it with us too. There's always somebody joining us for intermissions. And not too long ago, we celebrated Tigers night at Little Caesars yeah. Arena. So the whole team was there and I was able to talk to Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal at the Red Wings game and people yeah. get so amped up. We do our show on the concourse. Yeah. So people are behind us and they want, they want to meet all these guys. They're all amped up and into it. You know, we're giving away prizes. It's just so exciting to see the, the excitement surrounding our teams, whether it's the Red Wings, the Tigers, the Pistons, everyone's getting back into it in Detroit. And I think that's been the best experience this season. I love how you guys really do have the alumni with you. Um, Cause not every, not every like team has that. And you guys, I mean, when you think of Red Wings alumni, you're like, you're like yeah. elite that's an elite alumni so it's it's always just cool um to be able to see who you guys have every single game yeah a lot of, like Darren McCarty is forever a fan favorite so every time he's there it's a riot it, it's so yeah. much fun yeah. yeah absolutely couldn't agree with you um you've had some really one of my favorite things that you got to do this year and get got to watch was Mark Stahl's a thousandth game and I love it. We, we have Jordan Stahl with us too. And we love whenever we play the Red Wings once again, because we get the brother on brother action, but what was that like? How cool was that experience getting to do that with him this year? A thousand games is such a huge accomplishment and Mark Stahl has low key 
yeah. very low key, I think, been one of the best Red Wings all season long. He's one of the only players that's positive right now is plus minus is I think he's a plus one last time I checked or a plus two, which is really hard to do on a team that's struggling and rebuilding. So he has been a staple on the blue line. His family has really adapted to Detroit. And obviously he had a long, great career in New York too, but to see him just celebrate a thousand games in a Red Wings jersey was awesome. His teammates love him so much. I'm sure you saw all the stuff on social media oh, with good. the shirts we got made for him. And yeah, he and he's a great guy too. Like great yeah. family. Met his parents the night we celebrated at Little Caesars Arena. Everyone's super excited to have him in Detroit and he likes it here. So I think that's a huge thing too. But yeah. he's helped the Red Wings so much. And again, it's an accomplishment that like a thousand hockey games. That's a lot yeah. of games. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. many. I don't know. I think um we we've had the experience of getting to watch Eric Stahl mm-hmm. on the Carolina Hurricanes as well as Jordan Stahl and then getting to see Mark on the Red Wings. It's I mean, what a hockey family that I think is honestly <laughs> so underrated because everybody's just like, it's the Stahl brothers, but we're like they've all played a thousand games. You know what I mean? Like it's such a family of true hockey players that I, that are some of the greatest guys. We should honor their parents for the fact that they watch so many hockey games, not only have three of their sons played a thousand NHL games, they have a son who played in the NHL a little bit too. And all four of them played growing up. Yeah. So the, how many hockey games have they watched? I, I, I would love to know that number. And what's yeah. <laughs> your point Four boys growing up playing hockey, like mm-hmm. the amount, like I've been told, I've gotten to witness a part of it through friends, the amount of travel, how much stuff is I'm like, that's, it's a lot with four. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. Uh, crazy. Detroit Tigers, Detroit Red Wings. Can you talk about um the differences in reporting for you are are there differences can you dig into a little bit of that for us yeah there's definitely there's differences between the sports and to be completely honest with you and reporting on the sports I mean um I'm still learning the ropes in baseball a bit um since hockey it has become second nature to me and baseball does operate a little different like when it comes to talking to the manager and the players and the clubhouse is open again this season, which is great. Like we're kind of moving away from the, the COVID zoom world, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. But this is my first season of being involved in that because when I started covering the tigers heavily, it was all, you know, the zoom and yeah. kind of the COVID world where we weren't allowed with the players. We weren't allowed to get to know them. So I'm learning a lot right now about how to cover a baseball team. And it is different. It is very different. And like I said, the Red Wings are still kind of, everything was on Zoom, but we were allowed in the room. So I think I have a better handle on hockey is what I'm saying. But as I, as we progress through the baseball season, I feel like I'm going to have a way better handle on that too. And everybody's super awesome. Like all the players, management staff and the coaching staff and the players for the Red Wings, everybody's great, super helpful. Our PR staffs are great. So I think learning along the way is really all I'm trying to do with baseball right now. Yeah, so it, yeah. it definitely new to me, not going to lie and say I'm an expert on it or anything yet, but I'm loving it. I, I love it. I love watching the Tigers now. Like I'm watching every game start to finish yeah. again this season. Yeah. So it's fun. I think when we look at sports, 
we, you know, we have NFL on in college football on every weekend, but when you think of about hockey games, you can play four games during the week or baseball, you're playing back-to-back games. Those two sports are beast to be able just to, I mean, to play in, to watch, but at the same, like you guys are having to report very quickly on these as well. So, uh, two very difficult sports. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot. It's a lot of, it's a lot of content. It's a lot of um, coverage. So I can't even imagine um, the learning curve and process just to be able to um, tackle both of them. Yeah. And thinking about working, you know, 41 home games for the Red Wings and then a couple road trips, uh, the Tigers play 81, 81 home games. Yeah. I'm like, Ooh, okay. This is going to be interesting. And if you had a couple road trips in there, that's a lot of games. And a yeah. short amount of time. So we'll, yeah. we'll see how it all goes, but so yeah. far so good. I love it. Awesome. Um, has there been a standout moment from this past Red Wings season or this Tigers start of the season so far for you that you're, it's just been your favorite? Well, when it comes to the actual game, yeah, Miguel Cabrera hitting his 3000 was incredible. And yeah. we actually had a Red Wings game on that day. So I was over at Little Caesars Arena. Tigers were at Comerica Park and it timed out perfectly. Like during intermission, we took the feed and were able to run it on our video board and throughout the TVs around the arena and hit it. So it it happened live at Little Caesars Arena while it was going on at Comerica Park, which was awesome. And Miggy has just been so fun to watch. When we were kids, we were watching Miguel Cabrera looking up to him like he's awesome. He's a triple crown winner. And, um, to see him get 500 home runs and chase that at the end of last season, and then to get to 3000. So early in this season, by far my favorite moment. And Miggy is fantastic. Like he's a great human being. So that has been a lot of fun on my professional and career side of things had to be being able to get into the booth with Ken and call a couple. Well, I I think I did five games with, um, Ken Cal on the radio for the Red Wings, which was, an awesome experience and an amazing experience. And I also did a game with Paul Woods, who is the color analyst. Um, And that was awesome too. That was on the road in Ottawa. So I had a lot of fun doing that. And I think it, it really did. It's a short span, but it helped me grow a little bit. It's a new experience trying to tackle that and learning how to prepare for that, which is even more than what I do normally. So yeah, it it was definitely a learning experience, but it was awesome. Yeah. I was just about to ask you, I mean, it it was this kind of big thing where you made history as being kind of as the first woman in the radio booth. And it was just one of these massive things. So congratulations, first off on that. Um, do, Do you remember when you got the call saying, Danielle, you're going to be, you're going to be in the booth tonight. Yeah, it was a Thursday and it was one of the West coast swings where, um, the Red Wings were out to play Anaheim, LA and San Jose. And, uh, Ken called me on a Thursday and he was like, Hey, uh, you know, unfortunately Paul Woods has tested positive for COVID. So he, he can't do the game. So have you ever thought about doing color? And I'm not, I was in my pajamas. Like I was sitting here like, I got, yeah, like, sure. No, I, I haven't yeah. thought about it deeply, but I'm, I'm in, let's do it. And then, so that they were supposed to play Anaheim on that Thursday night. So in it's a West coast game and we were calling from little Caesars arena. So the game didn't start until like 10 o'clock, which I was great for me because I had some time to go over everything that I needed to go over. And we had just played Anaheim a few days before that. So that also okay. helped, but that game, I got to the arena about four o'clock to start prepping and getting ready to go. 
And I got a call as I was walking into the building that the game was postponed because Anaheim had a few positive COVID tests. Okay. And I was like, oh gosh, like I had psyched myself up. I was mentally ready for this, but it ended up working out. We, that game was rescheduled for Sunday. So I did Saturday, Sunday, and then I ended up doing a Tuesday game too. So I was able to do three games on that swing, which went really well. They invited me back for a period during women's month. So I did a period with Ken that time. And then Ken ended up testing positive for COVID just a couple of weeks ago. So I got a call again that was like, hey, this time it was a road game in Ottawa. So they were like, hey, you've got like three hours until the plane leaves. Can you can you get on the plane and go to Ottawa? I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's let's do it. So um, it was a whirlwind, but it was a lot of fun. And I hope they consider me obviously Ken Cal and Paul Woods. That is their position. They are absolute legendary announcers like and they are a great team but to kind of be the backup or the person that they would want to fill in is incredible and I I hope that it remains that way moving forward I loved when I was when I was doing my research I loved the uh, the sheer amount of articles that were written about you kind of making that history moment and it was so cool just to see the the sheer amount of support that people had and how much they were it was so cool to just see the community come together um, and just call you out. I really, that was the biggest thing for me. Like one of the challenges of being a woman in sports, I feel like I have saw everyone in both organizations I work for is super supportive and all of the fan base has been super, super supportive too. But one of the things that's scary is when women make a mistake on air, whether it be a reporter or a color commentator, whatever it might be, play by play, If they make a mistake, it's like it's it sticks for a while. It's glaring a little bit more than when men make mistakes. People don't call them out as much. They don't take the heat on social media that women do, you know, and I while I was a little fearful of that, my biggest fear was Red Wings fans. I'm like, you guys are so passionate. If you don't like me in this role, I'm going to, you know, that is what's going to kill me and the support from them. I, I don't think I got a negative comment from any Red Wings fan. It was, it was excellent. Like they all supported me. They're all like, when are you going to get in there and do more? When are you going to do more? So that was the most, like it it was so, I was so happy. It made me feel great that I had the support from, like I said, we know how loyal these fans are and they love their broadcast teams. So to, for them to accept me was, was the biggest thing for me. I'm so happy they did. It's the Detroit Red Wings. It's the Boston Bruins. Yeah. the buffalo sabers i'm like scared i'm like you guys are passionate and i love it but you guys are scary they are crazy so yeah it gets crazy let me tell you like i said i was a little that was what i was nervous about i I want these fans to accept me into this role and i know how hard that is yes oh god yeah yep yep we're all passionate but there's just an extra level of passionate (laughs) for some northern teams that it's just becomes a little scarier that's right that's right toronto too their fan base is really scary (laughs) oh my gosh i i've seen some incredible memes and pictures from toronto and it's they make me chuckle but at the same time like you guys are ruthless and just i'm like wow um Detroit Red Wings put together an incredible Women's History Month video for um, featuring you and then Carly as well, who works um, with Detroit. Um, 
you hit on it a little bit. What has like, what has your overall experience been like as a woman in sports? What, I mean, have you seen some major differences in the industry as years have gone by? For me, I I mean, I never really had the fear of being a woman, which I, I know that I just told you there are something like, I know my mistakes are going to glare a little bit more. I know people are going to critique me a little bit harder than they would critique the men. And I've always been aware of that, but I think growing up watching people like Shannon Hogan, watching Aaron Andrews, watching Sam Ponder, like watching these women just take the sports world by storm. I wasn't as fearful for it. And I think that's a great sign. And I hope I am doing the same thing for the next generation of women coming up into this industry because I, I did break a barrier. And sometimes I have to remind myself that like, I'm lucky I work with Ken Kell all the time. So when he called me to be his color commentator, yes, I was honored. But to me, it was also like, I'm just another day in the office with Ken, yeah. Yeah. but being able to do that and set an example for women everywhere that, you know, you can do this and you can prove to everybody that you can do this, just do the work, be knowledgeable, do the prep and you can do it. And no one's going to second guess that. Like you can see all the positive feedback that I got. And I hope that inspires a whole other group of women to do the same thing. I love that. And I, I truly believe like you are inspiring the next generation. Like you are the next, um, mentor or somebody that will come knocking on your door to mentor them or be their inspiration. And, and when they're at Michigan state or wherever they go to school, um, it is cool to be able to like, have that in your mind. Like that's something you work towards and something you want to be for other people. So I think that's incredible, um, to be able to pass on to others. Yeah. Thank you. And I, that's like my biggest thing. And everybody in this industry has been so friendly, so supportive, right? Like the women support women thing is real. Like, yes, it's a competitive industry. We're not going to lie about that. There are only so many jobs to be had, but at the same time, we know we're all going to get our chance, right? Like something's going to happen for all of us and to be supportive of each other is like the most important thing. And everyone I've talked to has been extremely supportive, extremely. So that's the open invitation to reach out to me too, to anybody that's listening. If you need any advice. I'm here. might take me a minute if I'm busy to get back to you, but I promise I will. I, I, I know what it's like and I've been in yeah. your shoes and I will, will always support. I absolutely love that. And I, I think it's incredible. Um, I love getting to just ask, like answer people's questions if they have questions. And I think that's the coolest part. Like if you don't want to sit down and have an actual conversation, like I'll answer any questions you want. Right. And I think that's the most important thing. And um, you probably have some great insight on the social media world because I am always reaching out to our social team for the Red Wings and Tigers and talking to them like what can I do here what should I do here do you want to do this do you want to do that like what are what does best on social media and that's a huge part of the job these days you know so that's really good knowledge to have yeah yeah I think it's a everybody has their own wealth of knowledge on something and so I always love to be able to I'm that's why I love to do this. Cause I'm like, I want to tap into your wealth and knowledge yeah. so that we can then further share with other people who have that same interest or want to know more about what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you hit that right on the head for me. <laughs> what is your piece of advice? Do you have a piece of advice that you love to tell people for or wanting to get into sports broadcasting and reporting and producing? Well, I think that I've sort of touched on all of them throughout our our conversation. There's always a few pieces of advice I give. Number one is if you want to do it, 
have the drive to do it. Like you're, you're committing to it, but fully commit to it because it's possible. And people are going to tell you it's not like when I decided I wanted to go into journalism, I don't know how many times I heard from family, from friends, from, you know, everybody, even professors let you know, right. When you walked into the class, like there's no money in journalism. Like, what are you going to do? What, what do you want to do with this? Like, how are you going to make money? How are you going to do this? If you love it, go do it. Yeah. The money will come. That is something that you have to have the mindset for. So number one, just be driven. That's it. Just be driven, committed, and, and you'll get there. The number two thing is having mentors and making connections, yeah. connect with people, reach out to them. I spent so much time in college and post-college looking for, I still do it, reaching yeah. out on LinkedIn. Like if I see somebody yeah. who has a very interesting background or, you know, somebody that works in a position that I'd like to get to one day, like I reach out to them and I say, Hey, would you be willing to have a conversation with me? Would you be willing to hop on zoom? And I've never heard no. So like I said, everybody in this business is super, super nice and supportive. And so connections be driven, committed, make connections, have mentors. And number three, just be confident and be prepared. And I, I think those two are intertwined. Being prepared is my biggest thing. And that is what brings the confidence. Like just knowing that I know what I'm talking about, knowing that I've paid attention, knowing that I've done the work is why I'm so confident on on camera. And I think that it takes time, of course, that you have to build that. You have to build that confidence, build the reps, but being prepared and ready to go will always get you there. So I think those are the three biggest things. Amazing. And it's so funny because the LinkedIn, I think it's like, if you're in business, if you're in like, yeah sports industry I think it's so predominant predominant but uh, I think in others when like I had my freshman year business professor look at me and be like okay you're gonna build your LinkedIn profile right now so I've had mine since 2015 and it's been so cool to to build those connections because that's that's what builds your network that's how you know somebody because somewhere along the way you know somebody that can help you get to where you want to go. You know what I mean? Like it's connected. Yeah. Before I got the full-time job with the Red Wings, I would, I was working for them, but I was just game night staff. So I was still kind of poking around trying to figure out what exactly was going to be next for me. And I made so many connections with teams across the country. And now when they come in or I go there, like I know people, right? Like, so it's like, it's a very small community. Like it's a small world and meeting those people, they're all super helpful. And I think, I think it's been the biggest thing that's helped me, like just getting the advice and listening to other people is what makes you better, what makes you grow. So having that connection and that's what LinkedIn's for, right? I tell people all the time, don't be scared to send a message. The worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to say no. And if that does happen, so what? It's, it is my, my college professor said that to me and it's something that I've lived by full heartedly. I'm like, I'm going to go shoot for the stars. I'm going to go ask these people to be on the podcast. And it's been one of the biggest things where I've been like, what's the worst they can, what are they going to say? No to me. They're not, they can't call the police. They're not going to do anything like that. They're not going to get you in trouble. All they're going to say is no. And so I, I like truly, every time I say, I, I send an email or a pitch, I'm like, what's the worst they can say? No. Um, so it's, it, it's nerve wracking. Like I get it, but also who cares? Like, like yeah. you said, the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to hear no, but best case scenario, you make a friend, a mentor, a connection like that. Yeah. And those things are awesome. Yeah. They can turn around and say no, but I'll go have a cup of coffee with you. You know what I mean? Or right. like yeah. I'll meet you here to go do something. So it's like, uh, it's, 
you might not get it. You might, but at the same time, you might get something else. You might get an opportunity just to sit there in person, just one-on-one and ask questions. So I, I love that. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, like I said, that's what it's made for. Yeah. Do it. Yes. My last question for you is just what inspires you? Hmm. That's a very loaded question. Let me think about exactly <laughs> what inspires me. Um, I've, I think I've always been pretty like easily inspired. And I know that it's, it might sound cheesy, but just having the goals and setting them for myself and wanting to reach that next step is what inspires me to keep going is what like, you know, and learning from the, the fan base, I mentioned this already, like being accepted by the Red Wings fan base and wanting to be my best for them inspires me to keep going every day too. And if that's a different fan base one day, if it remains the Red Wings for my whole career, like I, it's just bringing people the information and having fun with them and bringing content to them in creative ways is something that I'm super passionate about and something that inspires me to keep going every day. And obviously the, the, the support of my friends and my family, I watch My friends are all super successful in different fields, but just watching them do that and the support that they've given me has also been incredible. Like I have a lawyer, a nurse, I've got somebody who's crushing it in real estate and just like up and moved to Florida and took on her dreams and engineer. Like there are so many different jobs and so many different people I have to inspire me every day. And it's been an incredible journey so far. So I, I, I'm excited for what's next. I love that. In that perspective, we make, uh, we make, I have a very large family. So we make a joke all the time. We're like, we have somebody in social media. We have, uh, an esthetician, we have a nurse, we have all different. And we're like, we're covered. We got all these different things. (laughs) I always tell them too. I'm like, so I have two friends in the medical field that literally one is in dialysis where she does x-rays who like save people's lives whose organs are not they need it or they could die and I'm like your job is so much more important than mine and I I can't even like I can't even fathom it like you guys are doing these heroic crazy things and I'm like I just want to talk about sports on camera (laughs) I'll sit down with the guys yeah full in I, yeah. I I'll be at a restaurant or whatever in the sport and the sports will be on the tv and I'm just like glued and right. I was like, no. Danielle and I'm like what <laughs> <laughs> I know I know it's but it, it's great to have all of that you know because you see so many different aspects of life different careers different jobs and believe it or not even if it's not what you do, even if it is the complete opposite, like I'm talking about right now, I can learn something from them and they can learn something from me. So it's, it's, it's been cool to have the support I have and the the system I have. And then of course the the fan base. Yes. Yes. Daniela, I appreciate you so much being here. If you do not follow Daniela, all of her social will be linked down below. So you can go follow her. Uh, we are close to the end of the hockey season for the Red Wings, but Tigers season is uh, underway. So we will see more of her um, in next Red Wings season. Hey, we've got the draft is coming up. Think hockey never ends. Hockey never sleeps, man. We've got the draft sleeps. coming up soon. Yeah, it never sleeps. Before we, know, I mean, it's almost May already. Before we know it, it'll be end of September. Beginning. Don't of say that yet. No, I'm not ready for that yet. Don't say that yet. <laughs> Talk to me in like two weeks after the season ends. I'll be like, oh, I miss it. But right now, I'm like, okay, let's breathe. Okay, I need a, I need a little vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome, Daniela. Thank you so much again. And as always, I will see you guys back here next time. Bye, y'all.